God, praise God. Why don't we open up our Bibles to the book of 2 Kings chapter 5. Second Kings chapter 5. I think everything that has already happened in this service has just been in line with what God has laid upon me to talk to you about here this morning. Appreciate so much Pastor Kyle and his wife and family and Brother Sapp and his family and all the leadership here. Why don't you give a hand clap of praise to the Lord for the apostolic leadership that he has given you. Uh, just came back from your pastor's uh, roots in uh, Louisiana. Uh, I was in, preaching a youth rally in De Quincey, Louisiana, Friday, and got to meet several people from uh, the church he came out of in Westlake, Louisiana, and uh, it was such a tremendous blessing that when I told him, I said, well, yeah, I'll be going to see uh, pastor Kyle this Sunday and they were all excited and uh, your pastor's influence and leadership goes beyond these four walls it it goes throughout not only our district but throughout the nation and I'm so thankful that you guys honor him uh, appreciate my beautiful wife Louisa and my son James Asher uh, just good to be here I'm excited to get in the word honestly I I'm, I'm trying to slow down into it but amen I'm, I normally try to start off my messages with a few jabs but I feel like I'm coming out with a haymaker here this morning amen <laughs> feel like I'm going all over the place praise the Lord second Kings chapter 5 verse 9 appreciate so much my all my bearers those that are helping me all the leadership all the ministry appreciate you second Kings chapter 5 verse 9 if you have it say amen so Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times and thy flesh shall come again to thee and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Are not Abana and Perfar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather then when he saith to thee, Wash and be clean. Last scripture. Then he went down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was 
clean. I want to preach on this subject this morning. Saturate me. Saturate me. Why don't you lay your Bibles down? Everyone close your eyes and lift up your hands. And let's ask the Lord to come down and saturate this place. God, I ask for you to minister to every person in this place. I ask for you to bless and to heal and to touch and to minister and to transform. I ask that you do something deep in every one of us here on this incredible Sunday morning, God. I ask for you to loose things in this atmosphere, Lord, where we are never the same again, God. Let it be more than just a service. But God, let there be something deep that we get a hold of us. You are the vine and we are the branches. We submit to your will and not our own. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Can you clap your hands unto the Lord? If you're excited, why don't you clap your hands a little louder? If you feel like God is here, why don't you clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Come on. Come on, with expectation, lift up your voice. With expectation, clap your hands. If you believe God is here, lift up your voice. Praise be the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Look at the person next to you and tell them, I want God to saturate me. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. It was John the Baptist that was tasked with the responsibility and the destiny to prepare the way for the Messiah. It was up to him to make the crooked paths straight. And John was so anointed, he knew his role. He said, I am a voice crying out into the wilderness prepare you the way of the Lord. And the Bible says John did not do one single miracle. Yet all of Jerusalem came out of the city into the wilderness to hear this man preach. They sat on the hot sand to hear the word of the Lord. They were dehydrated, but their thirst for the word superseded their thirst for water. There was no air condition. There was no one patting them on the back saying you're doing a good job. It was the word that kept them there because they wanted to hear what thus saith the Lord. He said, I'm the voice crying out into the wilderness. And the soldiers came. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the chief priests came. They all came to hear this man's word. And he preached. And he is preparing the way for a Messiah that he does not know how the Messiah is going to look. He does not know the Messiah's facial features. He does not know the texture of his skin or the colors of his eyes. He does not know how Messiah is going to look. All he knows is the Messiah's 
assignment. And in John chapter 1, he says it this way. In John chapter 1, verse 30, look what he says. This is he of whom I said, after me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. Look what he says. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bear record saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it abode upon him and I knew him not but he that sent me to baptize with water the same said unto me upon whom thou shalt see the spirit descending and remaining on him the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost and I saw and bear record that this is the son of God John said I don't know what the Messiah is going to look like but the spirit gave me a clue on how I would be able to recognize the chosen one. He said, the one to whom you see the spirit descending on and the spirit remaining on, that is the person that is the chosen one. And here's the revelation, that the spirit descends upon many, but it remains upon few. The Spirit descends every Sunday morning, every Wednesday midweek, every time your pastor gets up and preach. The Spirit descends, but that's not who the chosen are. The chosen are those that have behaviors that cause them to remain on them when they get home Monday. And I tell you, it is not enough for the spirit to descend alone. There has to be a prayer closet at home. There has to be time that you spend in devotion at home. There has to be time. Because what happens is you leave a powerful church service like this and you go home and you have attitudes that cause the spirit to lift off of you. You have pride in your heart. Come on, somebody. That causes the spirit to lift off for you where it never looks like you ever been in church. I don't know about you, but I don't just want God to descend. I want God to remain on me. I want God to remain on my kids. I want God to remain on my family. You see, it's up to God if he descends, but it's up to you if he remains. Is there an environment at home that causes the dove to feel comfortable? Come on, somebody. Or is there strife that causes the dove to leave as soon as you get home? Is there a Christian character or mentality that the dove can rest and make his abode with you? Or as soon as you get in the car in the parking lot, the spirit has already left you because you do not have behaviors that line up with the spirit. I want God to make his abode with me. I want God. He said, the one that is saturated with my spirit, that is the one that I put a distinction on that separates them from the crowds of mediocrity. It says, I'm going to use them for my glory. Woo. Can I tell you, Joseph's brothers hated him 
before he ever got his coat of many colors. They hated him because the father loved him. And when the father loves you, you start dressing different. You start walking different. You start talking different. Because the father makes sure he puts a distinction on you. And said, they spend time with me. And it would be on the Sunday morning service. They were with me at home. Somebody shout yes. Uh, you ever wonder? You ever wonder why you could be in the same church service uh, on a Sunday morning, on a youth service, whatever, at a conference? Y'all go to the same services. Uh, you hear pastor preach the message, uh, but it seems like as time goes on, you see them growing faster than you are. And your excuse is, well, well, they just got connections. They just. Yes, they do have a connection. It is a connection with the Holy Ghost that goes beyond the Sunday that lives with them through the week. But instead of us learning from them, we just get jealous. Who do they think they are? Come on, somebody. And instead of it pushing you to mimic the habits they have. I'm, I'm in trouble here this morning. What, 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 a, what a start to revival, huh? Praise the Lord. Those that are saturated are those that God puts a distinction on. Those that have behaviors at home that's beyond the descent on Sunday but it is the remaining on Monday and throughout the week that causes God to elevate and choose somebody for his glory in the text that I read to you there was a man named Naaman the Bible says that he was a great man. He was a great man. He was honorable. He was a mighty man of valor. But the Bible says he was a leper. He had a degenerating disease. His nervous system is damaged. His limbs are decaying. And he has a disease, but he's a great man. And he hears of a servant girl uh, that served his wife. And this servant girl says... I wish that you could meet Elisha, the man of God in Samaria. Because there's a man of God in Samaria that has a word for you that will come down and will change that leprosy. Aren't you thankful to have a man of God in your life that can give you a word from God that will get into your spirit and change the leprosy? He hears about the good news, and so uh, he brings 10 talents of silver. He brings 6,000 pieces of gold, uh, and he brings 10 changes of raiment. Uh, and the Bible says in verse 9, So Naaman came with his horses uh, and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. He doesn't knock. He just stands there. 
And he brings all of his stuff, all of his prestige, all of his money, his nice garments, showed up to church service like, Phew. Not going to knock. Looking all. And the mentality was, um, I deserve my healing. Y'all should be happy I even showed up. I go ahead and go ahead. Get, get God to come meet me on my terms. He's looking all pretty. If he was a girl, he had the bobby pins in just right. I need a miracle, but, the, but, but don't expect me to clap my hands. I, I need a miracle, but, but don't expect me to lift up my voice. I, I need a miracle, but don't expect me looking all crazy like everybody else. Well, you just sit there and die in your leprosy. But for those of you that need something from God, you've got to learn to do something that you have never done before. If you want me to run, I'll go ahead and run. If you want me to shout, I'll go ahead and shout. If you want me to dance, I'll go ahead and dance. Come into the church house looking all pretty. Well, you get dying of leprosy. Your marriage is suffering. Your kids are suffering. And you have the audacity to come in the church, fold your arms like you're somebody important. No, 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 no. I gotta get everything God wants me to get. I gotta become. I wish somebody would clap now. I wish somebody would shout now. I wish somebody would dance now. Hey, you just keep on sitting there like you're somebody important. Let me tell you what'll happen. Just like what happened to Saul. Saul, you think you're too big, right? You're too entitled for worship, right? Well, there's a man that nobody knows about. A man named David in the back pasture that's worshiping me. And because you all cooperate, I'll lift up him in your stead. Because he'll do a better job than you could ever do. I don't want God to replace me. I want to become everything God wants me to. I'm, uh, I'm in trouble now. I'm in trouble now because, because what happens is people excuses. Well, well, brother Jackson, I, I, I'm just not emotional. I just, I, I just stay here, brother Jackson. I'm just not emotional like that. Well, it's amazing to me the people that aren't emotional. Yet when I see them sitting down watching a football game, watching a basketball game, and as soon as they score, it's like, oh my God, wow, wow. No, you're emotional. You just don't know how to direct your emotions into the presence of God like you do for a sport. If you shout for a game, you should shout for God. If you dance for a game, you should dance for God.
for the game, they're all crazy. They come in church, it's, like, it's just like this. And they get real excited when the game goes into double overtime, that when church goes beyond five minutes, Well, Brother Jackson, I'm not even into sports like that. I know that you sit there and watch three hours of Netflix and sit there crying because your favorite character died. You're crying over something that doesn't even exist. And you got the audacity to make fun of me because this is more real than anything that I've ever experienced. Netflix for six hours, weeping. Oh, I can't believe it. Oh, you hear what happened with Downton Abbey? Oh, you hear what happened? You crying? Yet in church, you got the stone face on. Don't even want to give nothing to God. Oh, that's why you dying of leprosy. Until you learn to give your emotions to God, like you do for anything. Oh, somebody clap now. Uh, these same people could be in the incredible the power of God was breaking open before I ever even touched the mic when your pastor had the mic the power of God was breaking open and it's amazing the people that I've seen this happen so many times while the power of God is breaking open they're folding their arms they're talking sending text messages but as soon as service is over they make a line to go to the pastor make a line to go to the preacher and say hey got tears coming out eyes. hey I'm in a a lot of trouble. Well, that's the problem. You've learned how to give your emotions to people, but you have not learned to give it to God. That's what the preaching of the word is for. That's what the altar call is for. And 10,000 sermons cannot do with one minute in his presence. Somebody shout yes. If I'm helping you, wave a hand right now. If I'm helping somebody. I'm telling you that I do not have the ability. I do not have the smart. I do not have the intellect to lead you into the presence of God. I've come to preach to you under the anointing that this revival will be in vain if we do not learn how to tap into the spirit. Because I'm going to leave next Sunday, but his spirit will remain here. Come on, somebody. And it is the spirit period that does the transformation before I ever even got here. Come on, somebody. And it is the spirit that will stay with you long after I leave. Come on now. So I'm not trying to get you connected to me. I'm trying to get you connected to the word and to the spirit. Somebody shout yes. You may be seated. He comes looking all pretty. Got his nice tie on. Got his nice church garments on. I'm here. 
I can't believe they didn't shake my hand. Uh, what, did they just pass me? Oh, I know they didn't. I wish people would understand my worth. Look how people got their poker face on this morning. Like, mm, he ain't talking to me. Oh, yeah, I'm talking to you. And he stands outside the door, and verse 10, And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. What he says is, hey, you need a miracle? Go get saturated. But the Bible says in verse 11, But Naaman was wroth. He was angry. And he went away and said, Behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, strike his hand over the place, and recover the leper. This is what Naaman thought was going to happen. Naaman, thou great man, come forth. Look, everyone, this is a great man right here. He's great. He's honorable. Mighty man of valor. Hey, look, Naaman. Bring him out in front of everybody. Be healed. He wanted his flesh on display. But you know what Elisha does? Elisha doesn't even go meet him. He, he, tells, the, he tells the messenger, go tell him to go wash. What did, what did he just say, say to? Hold on, hold on. You wanted your answer, but you don't like the answer that the preacher gave you. I'm struggling. I'm battling. Okay, well, just get in the presence of God. I hate you. Man, I mean, things are coming up. I know, man, get saturated in God's presence. I'm never coming back. And the Bible says that he went away in a rage. He'd rather be a leper in pride than healed in humility. I told someone the other day, you know, Satan, he'd rather be a king in hell than to be a servant in heaven. Some people rather be in charge of their destruction than to be submitted in promise. You're like, I don't care if I go to hell. At least I'm leading my own way. I'm going to hell because I decided to go to hell. I decided. Yeah, you did. Look where your decisions got you. But I'm sorry, you missed the big time. Can't talk to you like that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look what he says. All of a sudden, he goes, look, are not Abana and Prophar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? All of a sudden, he got a degree in rivers. Like, uh, when you think about it, this river, uh, 
You look at the width and the... Get real educated to make excuses for you not doing the will of God. Someone said, the mind is never more creative than when finding an excuse. Got the anointing of analytics. Well, well, I would worship, but uh, that, that, that key was kind of off. I, I would worship, but uh, the background was a little funny this morning, and I don't... I would worship, but he kind of quoted that scripture a little wrong. I'm done. I don't like the KJV like that. He need to go give me the NLT version. Analyzing why you dying of leprosy. Well, you know, I wish they would do this better. Man, you're not even involved for us to do anything better. I'm in trouble here this morning. <laughs> my, 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 my. No, 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 watch this. I'm going somewhere. I got one point in this whole message, I promise you. I'm leading there. I could have preached something different, but I'm, I'm help, I'm, this is going to help you more than anything else I could have preached to you, okay? Watch this. This is amazing to me because he turns away in a rage, and, and he's mad because of what the preacher told him, and, and, and his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, what is thou not have done it? How much rather than when he saith to thee, wash and be clean? He says, now, 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 if the preacher would ask you to do something great, you would have, you'd have just jumped right on in. In other words, if I were to say to you, hey, you need a miracle, come up and testify. You know what you'd do? You'd run up here. Ah! All of a sudden, got all this energy. But when nobody knows you're here, you're like this. But when we get your flesh on display, it's... Hey, yeah. But, but, but when nobody's watching, is this. And, and you give yourself away because sometimes we'll just give you an opportunity just to see what you're capable of. And then when, you see, when we see you do it up here and now you're not doing that out there, oh, that's pride. I mean, <laughs> I'm nailing it, aren't I? Am I in your mailbox here this morning? I'm throwing out all the bills and I'm just coming in with the word. We give you something where so-and-so is leader of this now. But if you don't have a big title, we can't find you. 
You know, there was such and such work day. No, no, uh, yeah. Why didn't you come? Well, well they, didn't, they didn't give me nothing to do. <laughs> Your pastor hasn't talked to me about anything, by the way. I just got here. I just flew in. I got in at like 930 last night. But I'm helping you. Said so if, if he'd have bid you to do something great, you'd have been the first one on your feet. If we'd ask you to sing us a solo, if we'd ask you to preach a message, if we'd ask you to testify, we'd get all, all your intellect would just come out. All your, all your greatness would just come out. But because we just ask you to worship, be saturated, respond to the word, you don't want nothing to do with that. And because you don't want nothing to do with that, God doesn't want anything to do with you putting your flesh on display. Come on, somebody. If I can't trust you out there, why would I trust you? Up. So he says, how much rather then when he saith unto thee, wash and be clean. Get saturated. Verse 14, put it up there for me. Then he went down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan according to the saying of the man of God and his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child and he was clean. I preached all this to preach this point here. Naaman did not obey the man of God. He went where the man of God told him to go. But he didn't do what the man of God said to do. The prophet said, go wash. And the Bible says he dipped. And washing is different than dipping. My mama taught me that. Wash, the Hebrew word literally means to bathe oneself. Dip means just to get in and get out. Get in the altar call and get out. Stay in altar five minutes, then get out. After five minutes, just start looking around. And he dipped enough to get his miracle, but he didn't stay in the water long enough for his life to be changed. enough to get a blessing but he didn't stay in the water long enough for his life to be transformed and that's what happens to us we stay in the altar for 10-15 minutes just enough to get a little goosebump just to get enough of a blessing just to get enough of an opportunity but we never stay long enough until he transforms our heart and takes the pride the jealousy the wounds the lust and the hurts out of us Why, why do you say he wasn't transformed? Because just a few verses later, he would go back to the preacher and he said, preacher, I'm asking you to forgive me. Forgive me when I go back to my master. And my master goes in the house of a false god named Ramon. And I bow with my master in the house of that false god named Ramon. Forgive me. He dipped enough to get a miracle, but he didn't stay in the water long enough to change masters. 
disciples asked, who, who is the one that's going to betray you, Jesus? He said, the one to whom I deal. The stop. I'm going to summarize Judah's whole relationship with me. He dipped. And he dipped enough to do miracles for three and a half years, but didn't stay with me long enough to cultivate relationship. He dipped enough to be used. You're not hearing me right now. He stayed in my presence long enough to be used in his giftings. But didn't stay with me long enough where my presence could take away the thievery out of him. Couldn't stay in my presence to take away the dishonesty out of him. Didn't stay in my presence long enough to take away the envy out of him. Didn't stay in my presence long enough to take away the fornication out of him. Didn't stay in my presence long enough to take away the adultery out of him. Didn't stay in my presence long enough. Everyone close your eyes and lift up your hands where you are and ask the Lord to saturate you right now. Open up your mouth. Here's my question for you. When's the last time that you just lingered in the altar call? Where... Where God didn't have to move in your time clock. We give God a 10, 15 minute window to do what he wants to do. And after that you're done. Every time my life has been changed is when I lingered in the altar. Or I was the last one there. Because it was more than just me having a ministry. It was more than just God blessing me. I needed God to get things out of my heart and out of my spirit that could separate me from him. When's the last time you just forgot about the time and just waited for the presence of the Lord? Those apostles, they waited 10 days for the glory of the Lord. And the Bible says that sitting down, they received the Holy Ghost. They waited long enough. What if I told you you weren't waiting on your promise, but your promise was waiting on you to get a desperation where you just don't leave the altar call too quickly. But I need God to do something deep in my midst. I'm tired of just coming to the altar and staying there doing my obligation of 10 minutes. I need God to use me and to do something beyond 10 minutes. I need him to sustain my life no matter how I look. Everybody stand with me right now. Can I tell you one of the greatest things that changed my life was last year I was preaching in Rhode Island. I'll never forget this 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 thing, this event that happened. It marked my life. It transformed me because last year I was in Rhode Island and there was a young autistic boy that was maybe 16 years old 
Lord. And this autistic boy, he was one of the kindest, most amazing kids that you'd ever meet. He was so kind and genuine. And after I preached on the first night of this youth revival, this young autistic boy, he came to the altar. And after about 45 minutes, everybody began to leave the altar. But that autistic boy, he stayed there. And they stayed in the altar praying, weeping, and crying out to God. And can I tell you, as he did that, after about an hour, I, I went to the youth room. Everybody left, and I, I went ahead and left them alone. And I went to the youth room, and we were all just playing ping pong, having a good time. About another hour had passed. That young boy, that autistic boy, had been in the altar for literally over two hours, almost two and a half hours by himself. I was playing ping pong with the kids, and that young autistic boy came up to me, and he had tears rolled up in his eyes. He said, Brother Jackson, I'll never be afraid anymore. Brother Jackson, I'm not afraid to be what God's called me to be. I'm not afraid of what people are going to say about me. And I was like, well, that's nice. That's awesome. And I just kind of kept playing. But he kept saying, you don't understand, Brother Jackson. I'm changed. I'm going to be everything God's called me to be. And as he told me that, I began to start weeping because the unction of God's presence on him was so strong. I had to go and sit down. And as I sat down and put my hand in my face crying, he was talking to me. Brother Jackson, I'm telling I'm not afraid. I'm going to be everything. I couldn't take it. I told the youth pastor I was weeping so bad I had to go and pray. I said, youth pastor, I need you to take me to the hotel. As we're, to go, as we're going to the hotel, I told the youth pastor, look, I've never done this before. But tomorrow when I preach, I like that young autistic boy, Daniel, to get up before me and testify for at least five to ten minutes. I want him to testify because the anointing was so strong on him. That next night, I was expecting Daniel to just get up, maybe speak in tongues, maybe say Jesus is good or something like that. But hear me as God is my witness. That young boy, 16 years old, never been in the pulpit. He got into that pulpit and the anointing was so heavy on him. He preached one of the most masterful messages that I ever heard. And he connected with the young people in a better way than I could have connected with them. Literally, I came to the altar. I was weeping so hard. I didn't even want to preach that night. And I heard the Lord speak to me and say, Victor, remember when that was you? When you first came into the church, you didn't care about how you dressed. You didn't care about how you looked. You don't care. Come on, somebody. You didn't care if people were watching you. If your shirt came untucked, come on now. If your suit came untucked, you just were so in love with me. It didn't matter. And that man was an indictment upon my ministry. I said, God, let me get my hunger back. Let me get my thirst back. Let me get my love. When I came into the church, my first services, I had diamond earrings in with a Jesus piece medallion on, tank top, Jordan shorts. Didn't know anything about anything, but I was hungry. 
And that hungry, that hunger led me into a revelation of holiness. It led me into a revelation of my body being the temple of the Holy Ghost. And my first suit, my first suits that I ever got were from people in the church. And that first suit, it was a navy blue suit, and I didn't know how to dress right yet. I'm, uh, this holiness, it was new to me. I never wore a suit before. I was just so hungry, I'd be weeping and crying. And literally when they gave me a suit, I didn't even know how to wear it. I was wearing that navy blue suit with black Air Force Ones on. You're not hearing me yet. My first youth congress I attended, I had a three-piece suit that somebody gave me, and I didn't know that there was a difference between a bow tie vest and a, and a tie vest. I was wearing a bow tie vest that comes up here, but I was trying to wear my tie in it. That thing covered my tie. Had to keep on pulling it up. And that's the same picture, unfortunately, that they have used it's on the UPCI website. It's on Pentecostal Herald. All over. Been in the Pentecostal Herald like 10 times, that same picture. With me in that three-piece suit on with my tie being covered. Thank God, look at the angle. You can't really notice. But I was hungry. And I was willing to stay in his presence until it overcame every obstacle. Every form of my past, every hurt, every pain, every stigma, even every form of abuse that I suffered when I was a kid. How long would you stay in his presence for him to cleanse you of all those things that would try to take you away from him? I want everyone to come to the front right now. On the first day of this revival, God spoke to me that he wants to saturate his people beyond just a Sunday, but where it goes home with you. I'll never forget that young boy, Daniel, and how he just lingered there until God overcame the autism that he suffered from. That's it, everyone come to the front. That's it, there's room up here. There's room up here. I'll give you instruction in a moment, but I want you to lift up both of your hands right now. Lift up both of your hands. I'm telling you, God wants to do something in this church. But the next dimension that this church is entering into is going to be by the Spirit. It's going to be by the Spirit. There are giftings. There is anointing. There are destinies that are being birthed here. But it's got to be birthed in the Spirit. That's it. That's it. Lift up those hands. Open up your mouth. Hallelujah. 
Come on, that's it. Open up your mouth. Open up your mouth and ask him, God, I need you to saturate me. I'm, I'm not rushing out of this altar call here. That's it. I feel the Spirit cleansing somebody right now. I feel the Spirit washing over somebody right now. That's it. Open up your mouth in prayer. Come on, I've not come to dip in his presence here this morning. I, I've come to get saturated. I've not come to dip for five to ten minutes. I, I've come to get saturated. Hallelujah. That's it, that's it, that's it. If you want to kneel and pray, you can kneel and pray. If you want to sit down and pray, you can sit down and pray. But let's get in a position where we can linger for a while. Ah, I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. The things that God hath prepared for them that love him, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. Lord, help me to get in the spirit so I can see where you're taking me, Lord. Help me to get in the spirit so I can see what you're wanting to do in my spouse, what you want to do in my kids, what you want to do in my ministry, what you want to do in my life. Hakaya <laughs> That's it, that's it. That's it. I want you to grab the person's hand next to you right now. I want you to grab the person's hand next to you right now. And I just want you to pray that God would saturate them. I want you to pray that God would use them. I want you to pray that God would mend them. Come on, that's it. Open up your mouth right now.
That I can't contain, that I can't 